So you said you could go on any podcast, you think, and you would know what to do. Does that mean you know all things or just know how to navigate the technology? I know how to navigate the podcast landscape. I now officially speak podcast. I have eliminated all ums and likes from my, you know, paralanguage. <laughs> I am a clear speaker. Oh, Dave, I have product yes. reviews. I have product reviews. Wait, before we do that, I just to- I just told everybody that I knew how to speak podcast, and I forgot the most important part of podcasting, which is letting people know what the podcast is. So and our names. That's right. So this podcast is called Almost Good. My name is J. David Osborne. That is David James Keaton. I got nowhere and, else to go. <laughs> and today we are go after the product reviews. We're going to talk about investigation of a citizen above suspicion, uh, which Jeez. is a nineteen was it nineteen seventy? I didn't do my 70s. homework yes. except for except for actually just like watching the movie. Um, it is a movie. It's a very kind of. Uh, bizarre, and uh, I think you called it Kafka-esque, which feels uh, feels accurate, especially towards the end of the movie. Yeah, um, maybe maybe even like anti-Kafka, because no matter what he does, he can't get persecuted. It's pretty right. crazy. Right, and there's a lot of Freudian stuff going on there, too, that I want to talk about. Um, but first, can we do some product reviews? I had, I had an unironically yeah. fun time reviewing products last time. So Okay, okay. All right, um... So first off, you know that we're going through a fake pandemic right now, right? Because there's a Uh-oh. fake virus out there. Oh, um, no. oh shit. Oh, no. <laughs> the whole reason we introduced, we introduced product reviews so that we would avoid your conspiracy theories. And it, could, yes. it could more easily focus our brains on, on positive things. Well, and uh, and you've already are you you're not actually just going to review the virus, are you? <laughs> I was going to review coronavirus. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I have another product. I have a better one. Um, so I was listening to a podcast, and I needed some new headphones because I've been hitting the gym lately, and having a headphones with a wire when you're really trying to work out is kind of a pain in the ass especially because sometimes the wire will kind of stick out of your pocket. And so if you're doing a curl or something, you'll catch the weight on the wire. It's a real bummer. So right. I was in the market for some wireless headphones, but the Apple, you know, iPhone wireless guys are something, they're like 200 bucks. It's ridiculous. It's super, super expensive. So I was listening to this podcast and they were uh, advertising these headphones called Raycons by recording artist Ray J. Now, do you remember who Ray J was? Ray J is famous for a sex tape with That's a right. reality show person. Um, That's right. Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Oh, how do I know his name and not her name from the sex it's a, Yeah, well, oh, no. I, I don't know. I don't know what that says about <laughs> you or, or even sex tapes. But basically, these headphones, um, I had a lot of drama with them because they did not arrive when they were supposed to. And... I thought I was going to have to go on my trip to Oklahoma without my Raycons, but it built the anticipation up to a point that when they finally arrived, I was so excited and I put them in and I got to say the sound quality is shit. It's just, it's just not good. Uh, um, that's the fucking worst. I, things are being, everything is being made more and more poorly. Did, here's a question um, because um, just to interrupt you real quick. We got headphones for free when I was closed captioning, like as a, 
lame Christmas bonus. It was like uh-huh. fucking. It was like uh, Christmas vacation shit with when he got the jelly instead of the money. We were wait, we thought we were gonna get a bunch of money, and they're like, oh, we got you guys some headphones, which we use during our job anyway. But it was like, here's some high end uh, Beats by Dr. Dre. I and had so, those, and uh, so people started taking them apart. And they mm-hmm. just have a, a literal piece of metal in them to make them feel heavy. Yeah. So it's like in, in Jurassic Park when the little kid picks up the binoculars and the guy's like, put those down. Are they heavy? Then they're expensive. Put them down. Mm-hmm. So somebody mm-hmm. in the fucking in the lab was like, we need to beef these up. Do you have a straight piece of metal we could put yeah. in every one of them? So they were I, junk. They sound like shit. They were junk and they, were, they had just a piece of metal and trick people. I remember they had the most intense bass I'd ever heard. I was really into it's listening a, to like Lil Wayne and stuff back yeah. then, and they were great for that because those because those bass lines would come in, just like like it would sound so like somebody's you know car trunk was rattling, except it was in your ears, which well, was, was kind, which was cool first, if you're into it. Yeah, and it was only the first couple wave of them. It was just like anything else. Only the the they start cutting corners on all the materials and by the time you get oh. if you bought it right now it would no way resemble what it was when those headphones came out oh. i don't know if that's what happened to you but that happened to every sony product i ever bought i used to have some really great bose speakers is Bo? i wonder if bose is still good it might be i told you i bought that one stereo that uh, everybody was raving about and i don't know if i got the tail end of the production line mm-hmm. but it was was where if you hit the buttons on the tape player, all the buttons kind of go down. It's that cheap. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. that's Well, it's just really disappointing, man, when you anticipate getting a product in the mail. Um, for sure. And it, and it comes, and it's, you know, the casing is beautiful. It's got a very sleek design. Um, the headphones actually fit pretty well. They, you, can, you can barely even feel them. Like, you just stick them in your ears and you go. Mm-hmm. But... The sound quality—it's just not there. It's Have the same. Checked? It's like the same problem that you're saying with uh, the Beats by Dre. It's just like it's overly bassy and kind of muffled. Yeah. And uh, for, for you know, for as cheap as they are and for as fast as they break, Apple headphones are really crisp and clear. Like they're they're pretty good headphones. That's why the best headphones I've got are a pair of Sony headphones from about 2007 or something. Um, and I've, I've gotten new ones and these high end ones and they all, like you said, they sound, they sound muddy. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's cause my equipment isn't keeping up. I have no idea, but I just want it to sound crisp and clear. Like you described so I can mm-hmm. hear a separation of the instruments. And if I right. want to go in, I can mess with the levels myself on my computer and I can lower or raise it depending on bad production on a certain album or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I want some sort of, I want it to separate the instruments. And if you get that, it's kind of like the loudness wars where everything was cranked up, the compression. And, and so you you listen to, uh, I got an album, what was it? Um, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Magic. Okay. It's called Magic. One of his uh, late career albums, and it was... It was like listening to a chainsaw. It was mm-hmm. it was just nothing but a, just a crushing blast of noise. And it probably sounded, you know, pretty impressive in somebody's car. But if you put on headphones, you don't want it to be like that because you want to be able to go up higher and higher and higher and hear those those things separate. And it was just this just this fucking wall. Man, of, you know what's of, interesting? This tornado. I'm glad you brought that up because this has been a bugaboo of mine for years. And I, I love going to live shows. I think they're a lot of fun. 
I wish they could come back someday. Maybe they will. But the the sound at live shows, doesn't it always sound kind of bad? It kind of sounds exactly like what we're talking about. It's like a wall of noise. And you yeah, can't, a- you can't like, you can almost never hear the vocals in a live yeah. show. It's always like, it'll be like, and then like in the back, you're like, <laughs> well, you're talking to the wrong person if you want to talk about people that go to see concerts. I've never been big about concerts. The last one that uh, my friends dragged me to back in Toledo was a Spoon concert, maybe, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is going to sound like a joke, but I fell asleep leaning against the mixing board. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I sat in the back row and I just put my head back and I just fell asleep. And I don't know if it was the the the, the nice cush the thunder blanket of noise that put mm-hmm. me to sleep, mm-hmm. but um, it didn't. I didn't have that excitement that you think you get at a concert. Now, um, one the, of the uh, best concerts that I oh actually before I tell you what this concert is, yeah, um, the whole time I'm watching Investigation of a Citizen, uh, the the theme song by Ennio Morricone Morricone, whatever. Uh, the theme, I'm like, I know that theme from somewhere. Do you know who covered that theme? I don't. I thought it sounded kind of, kind of Hitchcocky. But what did? It was covered by a band called Phantomas. One of oh uh, shit! On, oh on the, my god! On, on the director's cut album, I was Wait, like, there's, a, there's a, a more direct connection to that, right? The title or something, isn't that? I, yeah, it is. It, it it's it's but they, it's also covered on that director's cut album. But one of their albums, their first album, I think, is called that, right? Is called suspicion or uh, yeah investigation. investigation. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. I've got all that all that Mr. Bungle and uh, adult themes for voice, and I don't know any any what anything's called. But I listen. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to them all the time, so I would never even have put that together. Is it the one with the the kind of movie cover with like the film reels on? Mm-hmm. It? Yeah, yeah, and it's okay. got uh, it's got like the Godfather and oh. um, the Omen. And um, a few, a bunch of other ones, but I think it's the one that closes out the album because I was just the whole fucking movie. I'm like, I know that from somewhere. And then when it kind of like comes into full focus, because the theme sort of like starts off in bits and pieces throughout the movie. There's this really kind of like comic book silly like boy yo 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 yoing sound that's like <laughs> yeah, kind of go, going throughout the movie. And I'm like, who thought that was a good idea? But Dude, it's, um, it's like that fucking. Did you see the Steve Miller band? You know the song The Joker, and it uh, says yeah, and, do, yeah. and when it gets to that part in the song when it, when the like the wolf whistle goes, <laughs> you know that uh-huh. part of the song. Somebody yeah. did a uh, somebody did a mix of it where it's nothing but that sound after every lyric. Oh, good. It's fucking hysterical. That's great. It's, it's a fucking riot. But I Wait. forget where I was going with that. Oh yeah, we're doing. I, you're just doing I, product reviews. You're, so you're I'm just going to review your, your so your headphones. You're giving those. No, no, what? I'm giving them. I'm I'm keeping them, but I'm I'm giving them two sex tapes out of five. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I have I have another product. This okay. one is from uh, Starbucks. I don't know All if right. you go to Starbucks a whole lot, but uh, we we used a coupon recently um but she uh, amy goes all the time because uh, it's there's one literally down the street from us well if she hasn't tried this drink she's got to try it it's called yeah. a pineapple matcha so it's barf. matcha, matcha barf. green tea with pineapple in it no not uh, barf it is delicious pineapple is amazing yeah. this is 
Yeah, this is the drink. This is the drink of champions, baby. Fucking pineapple's that's, got that's, that's like in it. Sugar blast, isn't that just a sugar blast to the brain? Doesn't it just put you to sleep in about twenty minutes? Maybe that's why I was a little sleepy today. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. but the drink is delicious, and bromelain is really good for you if you want to get ripped because uh, it helps protein synthesize into your muscles. Okay. Um, you so you're quite the consumer reports today. You got I give that I give that one five mermaids out of five. five it's great. Mermaids. All right, all right. Well, yeah. the only thing I got did did I tell you about my doorstopper last episode? Mm, I, a, I don't think so. So I bought a doorstopper because we have this big door that um, it's it's actually nicer than the house, and mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't stay open. You know, it's so heavy that it's kind of making the, the hinges bend a little. So there's, the, you can see the gap on the top of the door that lets the light in is uneven because it's so big and heavy. Um, so I got, it, it's so it just slowly opens itself whenever I want to crack the door and it's always hot in here. So I got, <clears throat> so I got a door stopper and uh, I thought, well, let's get a nice one because it's going to be visible. It's going to be in the middle of the living room at all times. Because it's a small California house, so if you open the front door, it's it's in front of your TV, right? Right, right. So uh, I looked at, I shopped for door stoppers. They had ones that looked like cats doing cute things. They had one that oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, there are all sorts of. And I settled on the one that was uh, transparent because mm-hmm. I thought that that you won't notice it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna believe this, but I lost it. I fucking lost it. <laughs> I can't find oh, it. Oh, that's I, that's great. It's that's not excellent. even. I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm not like I bought I bought my camouflage shoes and now I can't find them. Yeah. I honestly can't find this fucking doorstopper. I think the baby took it because it's uh-huh. right in her play area. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that's I, I can't even rate it. I can rate. Actually, I could rate it because it had it had an ant in it. So whatever. Oh. Wherever, whatever third world country is stamping out these doorstops and whatever like uh-huh. r- row of five year olds is molding them into little triangles uh-huh. must have been covered with ants. Mm-hmm. Must have made, you know, the children that were working on it must have had a sucker in, her, in their hand, and uh, the an ant got into the process. So in the, yeah, so it's so it's transparent, but in the middle, like hovering in its own personal hell, is this yeah. tiny little is an ant. Right. Amy didn't believe me. I'm like, Amy, there's a fucking ant in this thing. She's like, what? There's dirt. She's like, no, that's that's an insect. That's so. like that's again, that's a Jurassic Park thing. It's like <laughs> yeah. the mosquito encased in amber, except it's an ant. I did while you were talking, I thought of this really funny idea for a door stopper where if it was like a guy on his knees and then his the stopper was his was his penis. You know what I mean? Like yeah, so it's a kind of like idea. a guy a guy with like right. his pants down and he's got this big old wiener in front of him and you just Tonight. you know an idea if you want to get really gross if that's what we're going to be doing uh-huh. get really gross um did you ever like have a handful of your balls and it feels like they're full of ants <laughs> like there's ants crawling around in them like what's, no like, like no. Uh, everything's just kind of moving around like what there's fucking ants in there right no dude never Is this this isn't being recorded right hmm. no you're good keep going so anyway, there's ant, so there's ants in your ball sack i think they're and... in there i think they're in everybody's balls <laughs> They're in everybody's balls, dude. Um, I'm gonna give this doorstop one ant out of out of ten. Damn, that's brutal. That is brutal. I guess you didn't ever get to use it. it. I yeah, can't find, I can't find yeah. the doorstop. I spent but, it, but don't you think that's kind of 
Don't you think that's kind of like people who, you know, go online and they rate books and they give it like three stars? It's like it came wrinkled. It's like, well, that doesn't have anything to do with the book. You know, like when people go to like rate movies or books or whatever and they rate the the product, like the DVD case was broken. Two stars to Inception. It's like, dude, Inception's (laughs) at least a three star movie. Like you can't get it too. Well, you're reading reading like Amazon. Our reviews are better than – we're somewhere between – the New York Times review and the Amazon review is where we is where we hover. It would be pretty mm. funny if like New York Times reviews reviewed a book or something and was like uh, wrinkled, <laughs> fucking yeah. wrinkled. Yeah, or like or like too many f words. <laughs> That'd be great. You want to talk about this movie? You want to talk about yeah, the movie? Yeah, man. I would Let's like to. Uh, I would like to lean into it a little bit with. Um, uh, to talk a little bit about this moment because this movie was kind of we picked it because it was kind of a search for a a pivotal bad cop movie uh-huh. and by, by that we mean like not a bad cop movie like a, a good bad cop movie yeah right? a movie about right. bad cops yeah mm-hmm. precisely and uh, this one was was this glaring omission I never had come across it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know what the de- uh, I, I hadn't even heard of it except that uh, your friend of mine, Scott Adlerberg, had written about it. And yep. um, you know, he's always ahead of the game. Uh, I don't know what made him write about it five years ago, but maybe it had just been rediscovered. It feels like it's been rediscovered. But um, well, I'll, think- I'll stop you right there because the thing about Scott is that he lives in Brooklyn, and so uh, they had all the they have all these theaters that get, you know, yeah. limited run, two showing, and Scott's a nut for this kind of stuff. So he he plans his weekends and stuff around doing just that, going to see these, uns- at the time unseeable movies because Criterion just put this out a week ago, I think, and before then I don't know if it was widely available. Yeah, it. it um, I think that that looked like a new transfer. It looked really good. Mm-hmm. The version that I that I was streaming. I saw four. Um, yeah, mine was in four K. It looked real nice. Yeah, it's probably better than it was ever intended to look. I mean, it was on film, and now you're watching this pristine version of it. You know, they mm-hmm. probably it's mm-hmm. not. They probably looked like the technology would disguise some things, and they would know that back then. But now everything is just you know right there as if it's in our room mm-hmm. um, which which is a different conversation but anyway uh the the, the whole bad cop thing um you know I, we, we record these at different times and we kind of miss we miss moments right you know, yeah we miss we don't really talk about too many current events because we'll probably miss them by two months anyway or yeah but luckily luckily the cops are still under the fucking gun like this this cop purge Mm -hmm. people realizing that the police are terrible Mm -hmm. is still Mm -hmm. is still happening from back when you know when you when this you finally hear this or when we recorded it and even months before when we talked about watching this movie it's Mm -hmm. still it's still going on there i think you know i don't want to sound overly optimistic but Black Lives Matter, sparked by the George Floyd thing, I think is actually doing some shit, dude. I think it's actual change is happening. Every day, someone's mm-hmm. putting a laser focus on a bad cop. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, we recently, never, just, to, just to kind of just to kind of put a timestamp on when this episode is happening, the big story today is in Portland, um, the 
Border Patrol was basically in full military gear and was like shoving reporters and protesters into unmarked vehicles and taking them yeah. to undisclosed locations. And this is just when I see stuff like that, I <clears throat> I wonder what their aim is with something like that. It's, I mean, it's just showing their ass basically at that point because I've heard it. I've heard it called a rehearsal for a larger a larger action. Oh, okay. That's but, pretty scary. That's a scary yeah, thing to think about. But, but I think even though that, that, that is terrifying, um, the fact that it was reported immediately, that it's in real time that, that this shit's getting called out. Like, I think that this stuff goes on anyway. I think this stuff goes on all the time. But right mm-hmm. now there's such a scrutiny that um, – and there's, they're starting to pull up some older stuff that police have done um, – like we've we've talked about this before. I don't want to be like I was into hating cops before it was cool, but we were, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. And yeah, we're, totally. like, again, we thought we were hoping it would bring the world together. Like, can't we all just agree that police are terrible? And yep. it never really, it never quite happened. We were, I was talking shit about cops back when taser abuse was a thing. Mm, that seems like that the halcyon like days, man. Those... Yeah, like remember when tasers were a problem. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe that they're using those tasers. Like, that, does a cop even carry a taser anymore? You know, is it? Yeah, right, right. Well, and it's, I mean, it's one of those things. It's, it's like a taser that is is probably just about as deadly as a gun at a certain point. Um, short answer, I think, yeah, I think they do. But they're, they're pretty gnarly motherfuckers. I mean, that was the uh, – I wrote a ton of short stories mostly swirling around taser abuse. And that was in 2000, probably 2005 to 2009. Okay. Was, um, and that was that was a pretty big deal. Like people were having heart attacks, and it was again, it was disproportionately tasering people of color. Um, and so, sometime between 2009 and now, they just uh, the the murdering went way up, and then finally, the fucking chickens came home to roost. You know, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. people noticed it. People noticed all the murder. I. It was happening so often that I I just was kind of jaded. Like, yeah, they they killed a, they killed another black dude, but that's what cops do, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. and then something something with the Floyd thing, I guess, because it was sustained a sustained knee on the neck like that was too a bridge too far for people for everybody to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any theories? What broke the camel's back? I have a few theories. Yeah. Number one, it was the sustained nature of the video, the fact that it was unflinching and it was just brutal. You know, you had to watch a person die in slow motion, you know, Um, and the video doesn't cut out. And um, I've said this a bunch of times before, but I think it's because of how calm uh, George Floyd is while he's being murdered, how he he knows he knows that he can't freak out because that's not going to do him any good. So he's trying, he's trying to like calmly rational, like, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for reason with he, this cop to yeah, get off his neck. Like, he's like, look, he's I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. He's like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously dying. Like if you don't get off my neck. And I think that that calmness, there's something uncanny and, and wildly frightening and creepy about it. Right. Because I think that clicked for a lot of people in their heads where it's this idea that you can get into a situation where there's nothing you can do. There's no way out, and a person is just going to kill you without consequence. Now, of course, uh, cop ended up. I think he's in jail now. Um, we'll see what happens with that. I'm cynical, but 
I, I really think that it, it was it was that. And then I think that uh, honestly, like in all like in all seriousness, all my joking aside, I think that the coronavirus had a lot to do with it. I think people have been locked up in in their homes, and I think that a lot of people have lost their jobs. I think. A big so part same, of the protests is that people have time to protest. You so the same reason, the same reason that the show "The Floor Is Lava" is hot right now, is the same reason that That's right. uh, these protests are. That sick. is correct. It's Which because, I, ha- I have watched that show, by the way. I'm, I'm, I've seen about two or three, maybe all the episodes. It's, yeah. it is fun. Um, it's but, fun to imagine them. Don- it's fun to imagine. I mean, this might be bad taste at this very moment when they fall mm-hmm. into the the computer enhanced lava to imagine that right. the family members are getting knocked off like that. Yeah. That, that does make it kind of an interesting viewing. It is kind of fun. So, and then there's that. And then of course, um, on top of everything, you know, you have something that hasn't happened in, uh, in my lifetime yet, which is large corporate backing of these movements, um, which is a new element to all these things where you kind of have, uh, everything from McDonald's to Uber to, you know, ev- they're all in support of this, you know, of Black Lives Matter, basically. Well, we, which, shouldn't, we shouldn't minimize the fact that rioting seems to really work. Rioting works. The, yeah, of the course. Police, yeah, no. The police, yeah. where there's the cities where the cops are getting arrested for murder, which mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to see, dude. You love mm-hmm. it when that finally happens. The uh-huh. cities where that's happening are the cities where there's rioting. There's a. They're still trying to get something to some movement on um, that woman who was shot in her bed. Brianna Taylor. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. it's it's kind of telling that I don't think there was a riot there yet. That, right, um, right, right, and and people have been getting a little um, uh, upset about that recently, and I think rightfully so because that one's starting to kind of slip off the radar of people. Because these things have a shelf life, and I think that um, for whatever reason, uh, maybe because Breonna Taylor is a, a black woman, um, maybe it didn't quite have the same effect. I don't, I don't want to like bring sexism into it too much, but um, I think I think you're right. I think it's a perfect storm of the, the sexism and racism, and mm-hmm. her being a person that can't that didn't have a a backing of, of, of money or, or people that seem to at the moment at that moment, give a shit that she was also killed. no, no cell phone video. And it's, it's kind of can't be overstated how important a video is because the story alone about Brianna Taylor is horrific. She's laying in bed and cops bust down her door by accident and shoot her eight times. Right. Well, but um, that's, that's this isn't, this, just to clarify the story. Her boyfriend was there and shot at them. Um, oh yeah, well, but that but then makes again, sense. but would, wouldn't you? Of course, yeah, <laughs> you of know, course. They had they had the wrong house, and you had, they're not dressed as cops, and you're fearing for your life. So right. that, it's like what you said when that guy has somebody on when when George Floyd has somebody on his neck, and he he goes through a series of like, how do I can I persuade them? Can can I, how can I get them off of me? And mm-hmm. I can't imagine rotating through all possible scenarios of like, how do you survive this? If you're a person of color, you know what I mean? Like that's why they've started. That's why they've started having such harsh punishments for people who, who swat other people, you know, which became popular. Um, But people, people have been going to jail for a lot for, for several decades now 
Um, like, I mean, but several decades that- sentences for, for swatting because a lot of people have that, re- especially if you're a gun owner, that's why you have it. That is the situation that you have it for. Somebody yeah, busts like, down I, your door. I, I trained all year for this. Right. <laughs> but yeah, imagine like, do you know when you're in a scenario, a fight or flight situation? Of course, we're a couple white guys, so we're going to, this is going to be not uh, comparable, but just to get an idea of how frazzled that moment could be. You're in that moment. And do you ever play like Grand Theft Auto? And you mm-hmm. have, like, let's say, you have about 20 weapons and you turn a corner and you're facing something kind of daunting and you start rotating through the weapons, but you never choose one. You just kind of go click, 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 click. Mm-hmm. And the little circle of mm-hmm. the little circle of choices keeps going by click, 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 click. And then you're shot and then you're killed. So yeah. it's I think it's kind of similar to what happens when you're in those heightened circumstances. There's all these possibilities of what you can do. And I don't think that I don't know if I would have the the. Uh, emotional intelligence to try to persuade someone not to kill me. I think that I would probably be one of those where they're, they're like, we don't have a case because he attacked back and he's dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I would be, mm-hmm. I, I have no doubt I would not be able to do it correctly to survive. Yeah. It. And, I, and yeah. I'm a white and I'm a white guy. So how do you, how could you even imagine how you could navigate that correctly? You know what I mean? It's yeah. There's that, no way to do what, it. Yeah, that's what makes yeah. my. It's so stressful to watch those videos because I just think to myself, I could not, I could not survive that. When somebody mm-hmm. starts, when they start getting cute, when they start thinking they're funny, when they start like they're bullshit, when they, when they start to like perform their authority, and I'm just thinking, how would I react to that? I, I don't. I would. You know, I would cycle through all the, these bad responses. You know, click, 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 click. Every one mm-hmm. of them <laughs> results in me being tasered or shot. It would not work. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so basically this is a great setup for the conversation on the film, because as you can see, I'm no fan of the police, but Dave here, Dave here really (laughs) hates the cops. I can't believe they've been under scrutiny for so long. Have you seen, we talked about do the right thing a couple times, right? Radio. Oh yeah. I love do the right. Yeah, of course. That guy, he just died, right? Radio Rahim himself just died. It seemed like when I watched that in 1988, that cops were on the verge of being called out for this stuff because mm-hmm. Radio Rahim being choked to death in the mm-hmm. exact same situation of like Eric Garner, right? He's mm-hmm. getting choked out and his feet are off the ground and he's a big guy. So they don't, so this cop is like unaware of, I guess, of what he's doing in that moment. It was surprising that Spike Lee showed it some sort of, I, w- I don't want to say restraint, but he made it believable that it would get to that situation because and do the right thing. They spend time with those two police officers mm-hmm. earlier, earlier in the day. One of them is sort of established as, as a dick, but they're both, if not sympathetic, you, you definitely empathize with what they're doing or what they're dealing with. So mm-hmm. when it gets to that situation, it's, it's totally understandable how it goes wrong. And the, you're just so tense watching it happen. And that was based on that was inspired by a bunch of, uh, of recent murders, like in the 80s, like in 83, and 84, and 85. Um, I think one of the characters even says, uh, one of the characters after he gets choked says, uh, you know, what about Eleanor Bumpers? What about Michael Stewart? And those were mm-hmm. all very famous cases. I don't know if you heard about Eleanor Bumpers. She's like an 80 year old woman who's shot twice with a 12 gauge. Jesus Christ. Because, you know, police training doesn't include subduing old ladies. You know, that's of course, why, right. why, why we don't know what to do with a, with a, with a fucking grandma. But I mean, yeah. it's clear, obviously, back in, you know, 84, 
they wouldn't have shot a white grandma, right? Sure. Wouldn't have, of course, yeah. So, um, they and they said she was she was stabbing their riot shield so hard that it that it bent the knife, you know. But it's mm-hmm. like, which of course is their way to make whoever's attacking him sound like an animal. Right. Uh, but it leads me to believe that the knife was flimsy enough to get bent, if true. Like who's? They're always fucking gaslighting. So it's like the George Floyd autopsy was all lies. It was like, yeah, well, he, he probably died from uh, some sort of substance abuse uh, brought on by the the knee and the neck. Like, like it's all lies all the time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even if she did stab them with a knife <clears throat> flimsy enough to get bent by a piece of plastic, you still should not be shotgunning old ladies. You know. It uh, reminds me of um, thinking about what it would take to get a cop prosecuted it reminds me of that Chappelle show skit where he's R. Kelly and they're talking to um, I think it's like his uh, one of the jurors and they say we won't uh, here's what would here's what would make me convict him if in the video uh, while, while in you know they cut to the video and he's peeing on this girl or whatever and he's like if they both have their IDs in hand and R. Kelly's mother is sitting on the couch confirming that it's him. And then it cuts to R. Kelly's mom. And she's like, that's my Robert always peeing on people. But it's like for cops, it's so similar. It's so similar, dude, because it's like, what would it take to convict these guys? And this is what this movie, not to keep keep bringing it back to the movie. That's what this movie is actually taking to an absurd degree, right? Where like I wish this... I wish you I wish you luck trying to talk about this movie right now. <laughs> yeah, I want to well, talk about I want to talk no, about no, one no, more no, person. No, 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 you, you to- remember, totally did... can, but just give me one second because like it's basically okay. in in this movie, uh, if I can summarize it before we go, go back to cops, right? It's basically the the chief of, of homicide in uh, I want to say it's not Rome, but it's someplace in Italy. It's a very Italian movie, very loud. Rios commented. She's like, they, re- they really sound like that? I'm like, they really sound like that. This um, yeah, yelling the whole time. Yeah. But so basically he commits a murder at the beginning of the movie and uh, he, he kills his, uh, his lover. And um, throughout the entire movie, he's like kind of trying to get caught. And big time yeah. spoiler alert – by the end of the movie, he is saying, "I did it. Come arrest me." And they're like, "And they're like, you have not proven your guilt at all, right? Like, yeah. like there's like this, no this evidence cabal, of your guilt here." This yeah, like cabal of, of of older cops. They're like, "Shut up." Yeah, right. Exactly. So that's like this movie is taking it to an absurd degree, and I think it does it really well. But it's also it's absurd, but. What's creepy about it is that I think it's true. I don't think, I don't think there's a scenario in modern, you know, 2020 America where the average cop goes to jail for killing somebody. Like almost ever, it's such an anomaly. Um, I know it's happened. I don't want to say that it's never happened. I know it has happened. Um, For example, in Oklahoma City, where I was from. Um, there was that cop who was uh, raping prostitutes. Um, I forget the guy's name, but I remember he was about—he's about my age. Um, I didn't go to school with him or anything, but um, he actually is in jail for life. So they got him um, because they used like his uh, the GPS data in his cruiser to like confirm right. that he was where the women said that he was at the times that they said. 
Uh, and he ended up getting convicted of raping like 13 women, I think. And so they got him, but that's even so that's still not murder though. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they, that's because it's celebrated. I mean, they, when they do shoot somebody, there's, I mean, this has been proven by people who were in the, uh, uh, who were in the police academies and the police departments and people who've quit, um, that there is just this, this really lowbrow peer pressure for you to use your gun. Mm-hmm. And if you, until you do it, right. you know, you're kind, you're kind of considered a piece of shit until you finally right. use your gun. So they're just really eager to do it to just finally be accepted by the rest of those fucking lunkheads. You know, that's the, it's really not as complicated as people make it out to be as if it's this vast conspiracy. It's just a bunch of dumb fucks pressuring each other to be tough. You know, right. Doing the air, right. the air quotes. Right. I mean, they. I mean, we should, we should get the, the the stats out of the way. They're they're just about worthless. They solve what like twelve uh, percent of crimes, fifty percent of homicides, or something in some cities. But it's a coin flip, you know. One of it's, the it's like, one of the best tweets that I saw recently was the police force in Chicago, I believe. Uh, this woman threw a Molotov cocktail. And uh-huh. they got her shirt in a picture, and they went to Etsy and traced all the people who bought that shirt on Etsy and fucking found her that way. And so people were tweeting, like, if anybody's ever been told by a cop that they, that they just will never recover <laughs> your stolen item, they're full of shit. Because look at what they could do if yeah, they, they were actually worth a shit. But they, yeah, but they don't. But they, they, they don't – I think the statistic for property theft or theft or minor violent crimes is it, it's like 90 percent unsolved. Like they don't even pursue right. them. Right. Um, it's, it's like in the, in the movie Seven when Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. says – he admits to Brad Pitt who's you know, chomping at the bit to do some good. And he says to Brad Pitt when they find this some big clue, he goes, our best clues only lead to other clues basically right. what he says yeah. one are uh, the best clue you get will just lead to another because you got it because somebody was like here's a have some, having some fun with it it doesn't you just mm-hmm. stack up the information they just categorize and file the information and then if the person is ever <coughs> caught if you catch somebody then you can say well here's a bunch of stuff we have on that person you know what i mean it's right. not it's not the investigation that you think it is it's, it's not like, like tv it's not like it, tv yeah they don't they don't pursue anything it's when I used to work in uh, closed captioning. I used to closed caption all those crime shows, and I would I noticed just I noticed two things right off the bat. One was at the time Amy I was dating her and she was living in Louisville. I noticed that Louisville was clearly the murder capital of the world because every time I did a show, somebody in Louisville was getting murdered. So it was yeah. stressful enough. I'm like, don't ever go jogging in Louisville. Mm-hmm. They're gonna kill you. So right. I'm already getting influenced by that. But then also in these crime shows, somebody would get murdered. And then the police would would uh, they roll up on the truck at somebody's house and they match the plates or match the truck and they'd say well we got a you know a paint sh- chip was found on the scene and then I'm and, and I'm you know typing away at everything that's happening and then the screen would go dark and it would say ten years later because mm. not because they didn't do anything because mm-hmm. they, st- they stacked up all that information and ten years later the person did something incriminating enough to get caught. And it happened so often that I, I started making notes of, of it every time the screen would say, like, five years later, 20 years later, 10 years later. It's like you had the guy. Every, wasn't wasn't that a thing screen. with, like, 
wasn't that with Jeffrey Dahmer? Wasn't one of his victims yes. like running down the street screaming for help? Went to the, and he found and he found the, the cops. And they like, was it? And, and Dahmer yes. was able to just be like, "Oh, thank you so much for returning my, my <laughs> yeah." Friend. They returned. They returned the victim to Dahmer's fucking dinner plate. Basically, yes. <laughs> absolutely, that absolutely happened. Worthless. Yeah. And they're and they're and they're. It sounds like I'm overstating it, but they're stupid. They're mm. they're dumb. They, mm. The courts ruled years ago that it's okay to bar people from joining if you have too high of an IQ. Yeah, this is this is absolutely true. The yeah, guy I know it a, is, yeah. The guy who sued them, he had 125 IQ. And his I think his argument was, well, I have no more control over my intelligence than my eye color. Why? You know, which I, is actually kind of that's kind of a stretch, but whatever. And mm-hmm. they said they said to him, you will get bored and we will waste our training on you. Right. Which, right. you know, which I would be way like, out. What, what, tra- be, what yeah. training? I would I would be way out too with my two hundred and fifteen IQ. Like I don't think I would I'm double out of the cops. Was that dude. Uh, well, it sounded like did I hear a zipper? Was that a zipper? Did you just <laughs> drop your brain on the table? Yeah, so, I dropped my big brain yeah, but balls. I, but what's but no, fucking, it's, what is their training? Like shit your pants training? Because that's all they do is some well, look, somebody brought this up. So somebody brought this up and they said uh it was actually I was listening to Joe Rogan and he had Jocko Willink on, who he's this big you know, eight foot tall gorilla marine guy who's who's like made a living uh, telling people to stop being a pussy. Um, oh, he is it, that the guy he trains Israeli forces? I think so. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. So they they were talking about the cop problem, and he brought up a really great point, which was that uh, when he was in the Navy SEALs, he said twenty percent of his time was spent training. Um, because you have to be like in shape and you have to run drills and know what you're doing. And he's like, and cops have 10 weeks at the beginning and then that's it. So currently I'm playing a game called dark souls where I'm like a knight and I keep getting killed by these zombies. And I looked it up and dark souls takes 160 hours to complete. So by, by the time I beat dark souls, I will have spent more time on that game than cops spend at the academy. And you'll be trained. You'll have more training. That's true. Have, I'll know, I'll know have, how to defuse the situation with, with, with zombies. With a, yeah. a dark soul situation. Yeah. Uh, but they're fucking training. Dude, I, I captioned their video, their training video. I captioned it. Their training video. I love that, you're, it's that, a, you're, that your job as a, ca- as a closed captioner is like... It was undercover, it's like, dude. I went. I yeah. got in there. I <laughs> you basically there. are now an expert on on cop malfeasance. I, and it's because but, I it's because I request it's because I I love forensic files and I requested everything that was like forensic files. And so they gave me all the cop shows and they didn't know what they were doing to me. They didn't know mm. what was happening, you know, right in front of their eyes. Right. That's why I had to, I had to switch to captioning pornography. But there's yeah. it's a series of videos. Uh, this is <laughs> the honestly got truth, dude. A series of videos, they show them where someone dies foolishly. That's their training videos. Yeah, So right. they show people making mistake after mistake after mistake and get, and dying because of it. And then they'll and like, 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 like real videos, like real videos yeah, of, it's cop, like here's of cops somebody, dying. Yeah. And they'll say they'll have somebody walk up to a car and say, can I see your license and registration? Shotgun to the face. Bop, bop, and, they're bop, like, right. and they're like, what did, what did you do wrong? And then they freeze on it and they zoom in and they say, well, if you would have noticed, this person had one hand on their leg and one hand on the steering wheel. So that's when you're supposed to react. So what they do is they ramp them up. So imagine being ramped up. You're like, man, I don't want to end up in that video and have a bunch of these these fucking jarheads look at this video and make fun of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. they're inspired by the the urge not to look foolish at all times. So then at once they get in on, on the beat, then it's nonstop peer pressure 
to, you know, use your gun. You know, don't be a, a virgin. Don't mm-hmm. you, the, the virgins don't pull their gun. That's what they call them. And and that's dangerous because they're stupid. Compounded with the fact that they're they're actual dumb people. Compounded yeah. with the fucking uh-huh. with the peer pressure and the training that constantly keeps them scared, so that every every confrontation is escalated to some mm-hmm. sort of ego bruising to you know to avoid looking foolish. That's a recipe for what happens every time. Now add racism to that. Now add these other things to that, and you just uh, you have a fucking nuke. You know what I mean? Like it's not, you do. It's not a. It's not fucking rocket science. I was watching a video of protests, Black Lives Matter protests in London, and there were several points in time where the London police were completely overwhelmed by protesters, and they were kind of getting their asses handed to them. Like the protesters were sort of pushing them around. And oh, I think you, you know, sent me one of those. You sent yeah, me one. <laughs> yeah. Well, but here's but here's the thing, dude. Is like. You can have it one of two ways. Um, you can have a militarized police force that um, will escalate to the point of violence, like any questioning of their authority, or you can have a police force that every once in a while uh, gets owned. And it's like that's clearly the better, like the better ones are like the Irish, pol- like uh, the the Irish police and the British police. They have their own fucking problems. But the, the, my point is that. They have to be able to have their asses beaten for their you're job right. to work. You're right. They're, they're, dude, you make a very good point because what you're saying is that we have to perceive their courage, right? Because yeah. where, when you think about them, you're like, well, where's the courage? You know, they're, they're hiding in bushes during shoot, uh, school shootings. Why didn't they mm-hmm. run in there? Why, didn't, why are they always outside during those shootings? Run in there. If they right. did crazy acts of bravery as depicted in the movies, then maybe they'd get some sympathy for being, you know, like a shoot first, ask questions later kind of guy where you'd say, well, you know, they, they're, they've done, they do these things in the line of fire and sometimes they break and maybe they, that would happen, but there's no upside here, right? They, they both mm-hmm. suck at their job and they demand respect for it. Right. So you don't, you don't get to do that. It's, and it's not even dangerous. It's not even in the top ten most dangerous jobs. It's not Dude, even close. Bro, I was I was a tree trimmer, and you I, were I, in one I, of the top. Yes, I was. I I had one of the deadliest jobs. You like, were number one for a while. I was. And, I, and you yeah. know what? I I closed captioned one of the most dangerous jobs. Dead, <laughs> deadliest catch. Deadliest yeah. catch. Yeah, that's fish, up there too. Fishermen, yeah, yeah. fishermen, loggers, always dying. Pilots. Oh roofers, yeah. Roofers and pilots, I mean, what do you see what it has in common? Don't stay away from water, stay away from heights. Those people die all the time. And trees. Yes, trees. Long-haul truckers are in the top five, usually, Mm -hmm. because they're on the road. That means everyone on the road is risking their lives more than a cop. Anyone in a car is risking their lives more than a cop. Because a cop, they don't even drive. All they do is park and play on their fucking (coughs) car. They right. see, I, every time I walk past one, they're on their phone, like stalking mm-hmm. people to get their driver's license. Like in that show, what was your, what's your boy's show? Uh, Reffin's show, uh, Only oh, to uh, Die Young. Or oh, yeah, Too Old to Die Young. Too Old to Die Young, where they're, they're shopping for girlfriends, you know, by looking at uh, driver's yep. licenses. Yep. That's what they're doing. Yeah, um, that felt very true to life, actually. Like that, that, like the, like the very first episode of that show, yes. like yeah, that felt was, that that felt like what cops actually kind of. Of course, it's done in that very slow reffing kind of way that makes it feel surreal. But that's it, right? But like that's that's the, that's the, the it, it felt real to me, and it felt it felt like he was putting the scrutiny on it, and it deserved. Like he was letting those scenes play out almost bad lieutenant style, mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know. 
and and the last thing, as far as their personalities, they're needy. They're so mm. needy. Why are they so needy? Again, I would cut them a little more slack if they weren't so needy. Like I'm constantly people from my high school who go on to be cops. They they unfriend me on Facebook. They they say they send me messages pissed off at me. What a needy bunch! Like this is just for saying don't kill someone. You know what right. I mean? Like I right. I don't say what I'm saying to you on Facebook. I have people I work with on Facebook, so it's more rational. Here's mm-hmm. where I mm-hmm. but as far as what what bothers them is any suggestion, you know, that 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 they're not, you know, heroes. They gotta pretend to be heroes. They get the the parades, they get the armbands, they get the the blue lives matter shirts, the weird those fucking colorless flags merchandise. Like Dude, I saw they, I saw <laughs> I saw a truck about a week ago that had yeah. A Punisher decal, Punisher decal. It th- then there was another Punisher decal with a blue line through it, and check it out. It had on the tailgate, it had a light up LED Punisher logo. I'm like, <laughs> this dude loves being a cop. He loves. Oh my but God. let's That's talk about that for a second. Thing. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about how the Punisher has become uh, a sort of avatar for what cops think they do. It's like the Punisher. The Punisher has never supposed dog. to be been like the good guy, you know. Yeah, that's why it's a dog whistle. Dude. It's <clears> like it's not quite, you know, it's it's not quite a white supremacist symbol. It's not quite this or that, but it's but for people that have the Punisher gear, they're the same asshole, right? They're the yeah. same guy. Yeah, and they're also and they're fucking needy. You know, they're mm-hmm. not they they don't they should thrive on their thankless job like that, that if they want to get this respect, then, then eat it up. You know, you got to eat shit all day, then mm-hmm. go home hated and misunderstood. And you got yelled at by your chief and you go home and you're like, that's what you wanted. You embrace it. Cause that's what you wanted, but they don't because they're fucking wimps. They're right. fucking babies. Mm-hmm. They're, they're fragile. They're stupid. And they're almost useless, almost useless. Tell us how you really feel, Dave. <laughs> but no yeah no I, I, we're at 100 percent agreement here i think woo, i think that basically woo. the um uh, uh, I, mr. I, keaton? Mr. Keaton? Uh, <laughs> mr keaton oh uh, you didn't you you did not say that i was a hero uh today and i i demand that you call me a hero mr. to keaton. my face uh, we don't need another hero this is my this is my wife and my two kids please tell them that i'm a hero uh so that but it's it's, it's that? that kind of thing it's that kind of thing where they I, I, I couldn't agree more with you about their their um, out of control egos and just like needing to be perceived as like so society's mean. society's so you know mean. the you know as like Rorschach or something you know just like yeah. keeping keeping the barbarians at the gate you know um, it's like it's, they're, they're what was it when the what was it about a couple years ago this is before all this but the NYPD went on strike and then. Crime in New York went down when they went on strike. Yeah. Um, they're like, we'll see how you like it when, when these animals are out here running around without us. And then, and then, and then there was like no crimes going on. And they're like, oh, well. Hey, well, well. you like my pizza, eh? I love your cop <laughs> voice. You got to keep doing the cop voice. Yeah, they talk like this. Hey, 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 hey you're breaking I'm a, my balls. Hey, I'm a citizen above suspicion over here. Hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> did you see, but, on, the, did you yeah. see on the news where they, 
they put they were putting people in the in the van, you know, they put them in the in the in the fucking paddy wagon, and they take a bunch mm. of harsh harsh corners, and it so they don't have to really uh, beat the shit out of you. It just kind but of it, it road, just road it, yeah, it just fucks you up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it fucks you up bad. Like they, it killed somebody. A kid mm-hmm. ended up with a crushed vertebrae, or and they yeah, like, it'll well, break your fucking neck, dude. It didn't choke him. They didn't choke him, but they put him in the fucking van, and they didn't tie him up, and and they just took a bunch of hard corners, and that it would that happened to. Uh, uh, in 83, this kid, Michael Stewart, he was doing graffiti. They put him in the van. Um, and it's hard to imagine how de- how devastating it is. To, But I think that uh, accidentally the, sh- the movie Jackass showed you how dangerous it was. These are guys, you, you've seen Jackass movies, I assume. I love those movies. They are a miracles of their artistic perfection. Mm-hmm. And they're a, a window into the soul of our country. That's um, right. I love those movies, uh, but you know those guys. They're you know they shoot each other in the fucking balls with riot guns. They, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they do all this. They do this shit to each other. You know what they couldn't do? They couldn't what? roller skate in the back of a van and play dodgeball while it was going because they almost died. Like if you watched, I think it's on uh, Jackass Two. After they do, you know they're 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 having cobras bite them bite their dicks. But then yeah. they cut to a scene where like let's play. Uh, 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 moving van dodgeball, and so they're all in the back of a of a van with roller skates on. They take about two turns, and they show the camera back there of them hitting the walls and trying to stay up. And and they're like, enough, enough. And they push. They're doing like the you know right. the, the the cut your throat hand motion, like uh-huh, stop, uh-huh, stop. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they knew they could. You know when you're getting a concussion. You know when your brain is oh, moved around in your head. And they knew immediately that that was worse than shooting each other in the fucking nuts with the riot with riot guns. Yeah. So that's how bad right. that is. People don't realize it because, and especially stupid people don't realize it. And and, mm-hmm. and that's what happened. That's like the guys in prison where they put somebody under the hot water, the prison mm. guards, and it and it killed them because mm. they think, well, what, well, I'm just putting it under the hot water. What's what's that going to do? Well, it's coming from a boiler, you stupid fuck. Like it's boiling mm. water. Hot water is coming from a boiler. And that's yeah. what stupid people mixed with what they perceive as like uh, good old boy antics, like jackassery, mm. is, mm. is murderous. Is, is yeah. when it comes to cops, they're it's not that far removed. But God, it's fucking scary, dude. That gives me the willies really bad. Just this whole idea of Ro- well, roller just, skating, dodgeball. No, the whole idea of being murdered by dummies. Who like think that they're doing, yeah, you know, that they, justice that, or something? Who has a knee, a knee on your neck and doesn't know he's killing you, or he does. We're not sure about that guy because he seems to have known Floyd. And was yeah, they work together. They work yeah. together. So yeah. we're not sure what's going on there. But more often than that, they're accidentally killing you because they're fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And they're just going to get away with it, and they're just going to walk. You know, right. like they're going to be like, I didn't know nothing. It was just hot water. I put hot water in my ramen noodles, and sometimes I burn my tongue. I don't. It doesn't hurt me. Choices and voices tonight on the almost That's right. good. That's right. Well, you want to talk right. about this movie? You've been very indulgent. Uh, you know, I got that off my chest. I feel right. a little better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, hey he feels hey, better. Hey, I feel better. But oh, bro, you know take it out what I love so much about this movie. What I love about this movie so much, they do the hand thing where they where they purse their fingers and thumb together. This this it just the whole movie feels so fucking Italian. It's and it's like bad. I I didn't I didn't know 
it's like Rio said when she saw it. Like I didn't know Italians were that Italian. I, I thought I thought it was. I I literally thought that it was a stereotype <laughs> that was like overly exaggerated. And this movie was like, you know. It, it was like how Medea is for black people, you know, like, <laughs> it's just it's like, true. there's, it's, it's just true. like, there's, there's no way they're like that. And they're kind of, dude, let's, yeah, we, you know, Italians are white, right? We can, we can say what we want. Of course. That. They're, they're, yeah, they're free game. They're, they're kind of pervy too. Like, yeah, the, yeah. A lot I, of touching, I, a lot of face touching in this there's movie. A lot of, they're kind of pervy. I, I actually friended a few Italians uh, back when uh, one of my books was going to get translated, but it never was. And at mm-hmm. the time, there was a bunch of Italians I was uh, talking to them via the internet. So I friended them on Facebook. Their feeds are nothing but naked pictures, dude. They're oh, fuck fucking, yeah. They're fucking oh, yeah, dude. curves. The nudity oh, yeah. quotient in my feed, my nudity ratio skyrocketed by just putting a couple Italians on the payroll, basically. Yeah, they, yeah. they, are, they are a unique culture. They are a, a unique bunch of people. I'll tell you that much. They just, um, yeah, I don't even know what to say. So we we They're start crazy, off this crazy Italians. Well, let's talk about is the the opener. The opener mm. is right out of right out of Hitchcock. He, I loved it. I love you. Well, first of all, you you know I love people doing stuff, right? Yeah. So, so it was, it was I was the, the, the first 15, 20 minutes of this movie. Uh, I, I was wrapped. I was wrapped. Uh, I, I knew you'd lo- like it. Dude. I knew it, you'd it, love it. Yeah. Yeah, it kind it kind of it kind of lost me in like the it's, it's second the third. Middle. Yeah, it gets, it sags, poli- it's, it gets political because it sags in the middle. About, it, but then it gets fucking weird at the end, and then it's on. Then I was back <laughs> on board, so I was like, right. it, basically, it's it's a it's a it's a sandwich where I, I like I like the bread more than the meat. I guess you could say. <laughs> okay. um, it's but a, it's uh, a, don't you mean it's a calzone? It's, hey. hey, it's like a pizza sandwich. I don't know why the hot water killed him. Sometimes I bite into a calzone and the pepperoni's too hot. I say, Ma, you make the calzone too hot in the middle. And I say, Well, if you want to make the calzone, you make it yourself. And my ma sounds exactly like me. <laughs> oh. Uh, but yeah, so he, he slits his mistress's throat with a razor mm-hmm. blade. And it, it's, it's such a. It's almost like a uh, um, what's the uh, what's the uh, Argento what's that fucking what do they call that uh, genre? Giallo. Giallo. It's like it's um, it's like that. It's like that. It, it's very giallo. Yeah. So it's that, that those thin little razor those paper thin razor blades those those scheme me out. Like oh, you, me too, dude. Because how them. would you to kill someone with a blade like that? Like you got to get your fingers fingers all up in there. Oof. You know. Oof. And then yeah. and then because. Because the the movie's so fucking Italian, they treat that whole sequence like it's an orgasm because it's so pervy. Yeah, it's yeah, like this murdergasm. It's, it's, I had no idea what was going on at first. I was like, "What's the blood?" I don't like. I was lost. I was completely lost. And I'm like, "Oh, he killed." But also, I will say, I feel like this movie has one of the best first lines in movie history because the woman comes up to him when he enters her apartment and she says, "How are you going to kill me today?" And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to slash your throat. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. That's weird. It felt Lynchian, right? Like that would be like a like a David Lynch line. Right. And uh, it turns out that the reason why that is is because he has this kind of – well, they both have this weird uh, fetish for going over the murder cases that he's investigated and kind of recreating them and taking pictures yeah, which of them. Kind of, and it kind of expands into his – you find out why he's a cop, which is that stuff that felt like it could have been made yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like he's he has these 
he has like daddy issues. He wants to be a dad. What's a what is it a daddy issue? If you want to be the daddy, like he's he's so desperate for some sort of having some sort of authority, right? Right. He's and he's he says but something the, like hmm. the suspect is the child. I he's like I become the father. I am a model father. Cannot be attacked as the police. Like it's right. also it's like right. right on the nose, you know about those right. Issues. But the the the, the movie uses Freudian tropes so well though too because for everything that he talks about being powerful and being an authority um of course a big thing in in Freudian psychology is kind of like whatever you present yourself as you're actually the opposite you actually like it's uh Freud calls it the drive right and the most commonly known drive is the death drive so people, all people have desire and they have drive. So desire is the thing that you want. It's on the surface, whatever. But there's a, a shadow self inside your, your psyche that has a drive. And the drive is what makes you do bad stuff. It's what makes people drug addicts or alcoholics or sex addicts or gambling addicts or uh, murderers. Um, mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all this stuff that, that pulls you towards self-destruction so even though he says that he's you know this kind of like he presents as this very kind of alpha powerful guy there are tons of scenes there's literally a scene in there where his lover basically says like i'm fucking the dude upstairs because you suck at sex like she says you have sex like a baby or something like (laughs) you got a baby dick you got a baby penis so yeah so it's, it's implied that he has a baby penis and um and that that's what's driving a lot of his, uh, you know, th- this kind of act that he does. But the what I liked so much about this movie was how quickly he oscillated from being this sort of uh, weak, timid creature to this bombastic, you know, police chief captain. Thing. I thought that was really well done. I, I was like, they, it, 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 it kept me on my toes. And that's what those guys are like, right? I mean, yeah, of course. You know, it's all cops. All cops underneath their uniform, they're all wearing diapers. Hundred percent of them, essentially. I think they they might. You know, maybe it's part of the uniform. They call it a mm. they call it an athletic supporter, but it's <laughs> it's diapers. It's it's totally it's, diapers. it's, it's it, yeah, it's it's diapy stuff. Um, <laughs> but so I, did, I just I really I really liked um, also the kind of. Um, I did like the political stuff in it too. I liked this idea that they had to crush these kind of different movements, and yeah, and, 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 to, and they were they, 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 they were kind of pre- I did Go not ahead. Google, but I, I I basically without knowing too much about like what was really going on, the um, except for that one guy who's kind of tortured, uh, the the rebel people are presented as actually having the real power in in this like. Basically, they, they can get beaten up and imprisoned by but these impo- cops. They're not impotent. But they're, right? not, they're not. They exactly. They're not. Imp- yeah. They they have principles and beliefs, and like he he never he never breaks that uh, pot, Antonio Pache, right? Like the guy who was his girlfriend's other boyfriend, who's also a, a dissident. Um, right. Like even at the end of the movie, he's basically just like. You're like fuck you. Like I'm, I'm me, and like, and look at you. Like you're, you're pathetic. And he's crying, yeah. and he's like, yeah. And he, and he says to the guy, I like when he says, uh, "Do you know who I am?" He's like, "Yeah, you're the, uh, you're the one who's uh, fucking the woman downstairs that I fucking too." And, and I'm pretty sure you killed her because you mm-hmm. were there that day. But you know, right. do what you 
do what you want to me if you, you know if you can and he can't right. can't do anything to him because he's yeah that was great that was great because he's he's basically he wants <clears throat> to be punished through this whole thing like again if you think about these things in terms of opposites he's obsessed with showing these kind of like murder victims and he's very um you know uh uh uh, aggressive with his girlfriend he kills his girlfriend uh all of that is basically because he wants somebody to kind of handle him that way he wants somebody to slit his throat he wants somebody to dominate him and he can't find that person until he encounters this sort of unbreakable dissident right, right. and and the unbreakable dissident <laughs> is what leads to a complete split in his mind like he can't fit this guy into his paradigm so he eventually, like, after he sees him, of course, right away, he's like, he's like, no, I have to, like, I'm not going to get my punishment any other way. I have to, like, somebody has got to punish me right now. I need to be beaten up. And in his fantasy, at the end, he gets what he wants. He gets beaten up. Like, he gets shamed. Um, but then... What did, what did you think of that double ending? I At first, I was disappointed. Because the spoilers for people, they they pull the they give you an ending that's very satisfying, and then it's kind of a fantasy. Yeah. So or or is it? You tell me. It is a fantasy because it's it's what he wanted to have happen by confessing. He wanted to be shamed. Um, he knew that he would never uh, actually like see jail time or be, even be fired for doing this. But he wanted. There's one point where they're like beating him with the shoe that he used, right? Um, and that I think is really kind of sort of symbolic of like the crime coming back to him and having some sort of come up. And, but then what you find like in reality, the, the impression that you're supposed to get is that they have a somewhat calmer meeting and they basically just say like, we're going to sweep this under the rug. You know, they say, like they say you have one case still open, mm-hmm. which is to pin it on that guy, to pin it on mm-hmm. someone else. But yeah, he right. comes to them with a, with a, with the old manila envelope full of proof. He's, because right. throughout the movie, throughout the movie, he's been planting evidence of himself to see what his mm-hmm. his peers will do. It's like right. at first I thought, is this like some very clever way to for somebody? Is he trying to prove that the police are corrupt? And he is in a way. He's like putting strands from his ties and his, all this uh, stuff. And then his right. and then his his uh, his coworkers will come to him and they're like, you know, this is it incriminates you, but you know, whatever. <laughs> like no, they'll be like they'll be like. No, I love the thing with the tie because they're like two people bought that tie and they're like, so we got to go check out that other guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Not, yeah. It's it, ever, no matter what he does and he gets more and more, you know, emboldened by the fact that he can't get caught. And at the end, he finally goes to this group of suited older, uh, politicians and police. And I wasn't clear. They're they like, the, they're the Illuminati, right? Yeah. Like they're, they were, they're, they were, they're the, they're the cabal. That's the commissioner. And the high-ranking detectives and directors of the police yeah. force. And he goes to them, and like you said, there's a long sequence where you think he's being beaten and finally chastised for what he did. For what he did, but what actually happens is they look at it and they're like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like we're not we're not, we're not doing this because they, it would bring the whole thing down. He's right. literally above the law because it would bring everything down. Now I noticed something, and I rewinded it. So I'm, and I might be an idiot. So tell me if I'm wrong here. But there's there's two points, both in the fantasy and in real life, where there's a quick flash on a picture, right? And it's all those guys who come to visit him. He's not in that picture, is he? Um, well, 
I, 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 I could know, not I could not all, find him in the picture. All Italians look exactly alike, <laughs> male and female. <laughs> So I was like, he is that? Very, he could be in that picture. It's true. I was like, I was looking at the picture. I was like, is that Snooky? What the hell? Like, what's going on? Um, but no, but I, time. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he was in that picture. And I was wondering what you thought about that. Is, is this? I thought he. I, I have to look at it again. I don't. It's like I don't. I don't know. I, I guess, again, I, I could be totally wrong. But if he's not in that picture, what does that say? It's got that kind of 60s psychedelic shit going. So maybe uh, if they didn't put him in the picture, it's, you know, it's it's going to be like, that's kind of like The Shining. They're everybody, you're, uh-huh. you know, who's there? Were they always there? Were they never there? It doesn't matter. It's all just like stylistic. There's a lot of, there's some flourishes to this. They kind of pin it down to the year it was made. It does feel like a 60s movie, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it takes a minute for, for you to kind of recalibrate to that because you don't often see a 60s movie spend that much time with a police officer, right? That's not a – yeah. I mean, there's a couple movies like that, Electric Glide and Blue and, of course, Serpico. Electric, electric, electric Glide and Blue freaked me the fuck out. Way too many close-ups in that movie. Like that's a, the yeah, whole the whole seven. movie's like close-ups, and it for some reason like that makes me feel so claustrophobic. Well, that's a like, big Sergio Leone move. That's it was because they you know uh, uh, fucking seventy millimeter and cinemascope, and, uh, mm-hmm. and so if you were in a, if you were in a theater, you know it looks, mm-hmm. you're le- it's like you're looking at a, the faces like Mount Rushmore. But if you're yeah, but I hate at it. home, but at home you're just looking at sweaty upper lips the whole time. And I man, fucking hate Italian it. Italian sweat, don't they? They they, they oh they they, they do sweat. sweat. They They're they sweating. do sweat. Yep, yep. They uh, but yeah. so one thing that I do want to mention also, I'm a big fan of watching people do stuff, and I'm also a big fan. I've decided this, of and maybe this is because of coronavirus, and now I'm like nostalgic for just like a, a, a weird sense of normalcy. But when I watch these kind of, because I have the Criterion Channel, right? So I mm-hmm. I can watch all these sort of like older movies. I like the architecture a lot. It's kind. Oh, yeah. It's it's like ugly, I guess. But no, like, it was there was some really neat stuff in there, dude. Like the, uh, <clears throat> it had that kind of, uh, I don't want to say Art Deco. What do you call it when? Man, like I would that, I would call it Art Deco. I don't know what, what else to what'd call, you call it. it that? Bru- they, brutalism. There's there's some brutalist what, structures in there. Yeah, the, um, like that. When they're in that room where all those reel to reel, there's that big bank of reel to reel tapes of yeah, recording yeah. phone calls. Yeah. It's like it's like that lo-fi porn that was in mm-hmm, Last of mm-hmm. Night, you know. Right. You, except except it's within it's the current technology, so it's even more of a fetish when you're watching it. You're like, wow. And it's it's really fun that it, this is a movie from you know 1970 or whatever, and they're already kind of like talking about like yeah, they're listening to every phone call, like every phone is tapped. There's a, um, there's an there's an army of people listening in on the rest of everybody else, and you're like, oh, that's just like what's going on now. I saw a job listing the other day for like contact tracers, right? People who are going to use contact tracing technology to quote unquote find out who has coronavirus. That's not what it's going to be used for. You know what I mean? Like like the art, like the the small army of of American contact tracers are basically just going to be people who are spying on everybody else, you know, they're, they're going to have, everybody's going to be assigned like five other people. And so a fifth of this, of society is going to be watching everybody else, you know? Well, I, I hope I get five people who are really cool. Cause I could use some friends in my isolation. 
<laughs> Five Italians, dude, all in the Five house. Italian. Hey, I can't eat that much pizza. <laughs> oh, you, you don't like my pizza. Hey, hey. hey what's but this, th- but this, oh. but this was really Special. good. It, it, was, it was really good, and it also it kind of like it made me uh, kind of like, stoked to watch movies a little bit more because it felt like when, when you watch these movies, I like movies that feel like they're trying to tell you something. And rather than go through motions of like, like a dramatic Campbellian plot arc or something, like it's it's fun when you have these movies that are, you know, they vary whether or not they say it well. But this movie felt like it has it had, it's telling you something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tight, it's a tightrope walk. We've talked about this before. Uh, you don't want it. You don't want it to be pedantic, and you don't want it. To, you don't want it to be visibly political, but you want it to be political. Like you yep. want it to, you want this one is deeply political, but yep. but it's wrapped in this, it's wrapped in a calzone of Hitchcockian, <laughs> of Hitchcockian thriller, right? So you, right. what yeah. you're watching is a story of, you know, this this whatever's going, oh, whatever's going on in the '60s, and uh, or well, well, did you look at, did you look into that? The um, the time period is called. This is about the most Italian thing you'll ever hear. The years of lead, and I, I assume it's referring no, to bullets. No, that's the years that's of so lead. Tight. That's so, so tight, though. That's so really cool. Ha- yeah. So during the years, <laughs> well, this lead, movie, this movie, just real play. quick, this movie, this this movie would have felt really contemporary when it came out, right? Like, I mean, yes, the, like, this it is what was going on. It, at it that would have time. been of the moment because it, the, I guess the years of lead began with the murder of a police officer in like okay. 1969 and then there was a ton of bombings from the far left and the far right and political terrorism so that hovers over the movie and the idea that i love how they're when you talked about the brutalist architecture like the police station is in a bunker it's under the sidewalk yeah. it's it's so yep. interesting and so they're they're rolling bombs down the steps and shit mm-hmm. like there's some mm-hmm. there's some crazy shit going on that would have resonated a lot with that moment but but yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, it feels like it's about something, even though it's a, a this thriller about this guy who's trying to, you know, get who has all these Freudian. He's a Freudian delight, but it's also yep. a, you can tell it's it feels like there's at least something. There's some sort of comprehensive idea of the world, and not just like I watched some real shit this past week, and there's none of that. Even these um, these of the moment movies that are supposedly reflecting on some sort of tensions and suburban this or uh-huh. that, or, uh-huh. or you, it, it, there's nothing to it. It's and at least like we, I think we can sense when there's something to it, even if we can't recognize the moment, even if mm-hmm. it's a, even if, if it's Italian, which, you know, is alien and sweaty and full of <laughs> pepperoni. It's, we can't comprehend it, but you know, do you realize that nobody ever eats food in this movie? Nobody's ever eating. I did. I didn't realize that. Nobody really? eats. Nope. Really? They 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 drink booze and they have espresso, but nobody eats in this movie. Oh, interesting. Interesting. There was, I um, yeah. Okay. I guess I'm I'm trying to think of. It felt there's like that there's lush, that there's that recurring thing there's that recurring thing about the espresso machine, right? Yeah. And how it yeah. does it how it doesn't work, um, but you never even see food in this movie. Like there's never there's not even like a sandwich shop or like like there, there's no food ever. It's crazy. I, yeah, that's a good catch because I I noticed the espresso, but I didn't notice the lack of food. 
My version was, I, I said it looked good. I mean, it looked pretty clear, but I had kind of a shitty version. It was, I think it was badly cropped because I never saw an actual razor blade except for a quick moment. So the murder, did you actually see there was? No, 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 no. When, no, when she's killed, it looks like she's busting and then he kind of rolls her off of him and he's covered in blood. Um, and there, there is a moment where you do see the okay, razor blade that he picks up. I don't know up. if my mind filled in razor blade without actually seeing it, but I know that there was a, it had to have been one of those old timey paper thin razor blades. Also, it, it was, uh, no, it was, it was, okay. it was, they, I mean, they, they, yeah, they do find a little, like a, like a shaving blade or something like that, you know, like a little, Okay. That you okay. would have yeah. to pinch between your your thumb and your forefinger, like one of those kind bad, of things. I had a bad cropped version. There was also no translations of Italian. Where Spanish. where did you where did you see it? iTunes. Got an iTunes. Oh, interesting. So I, I saw it. On, I saw it on Criterion. So maybe I think maybe yours that was better. better. Because yeah. did you notice? Were there cutaways to signs in Italian, but then they didn't they didn't translate them? Um. There would be so. It, That's a good question. I don't clearly know. those moments were to speak to the movie. You know, it would be like if if the movie cut away to you know above Auschwitz or whatever, and it says hard work will set you free. And, yeah, and they don't yeah. Tra- like we need to know what that sign says. But for whatever. That's a really good reason, question. They weren't I don't think translating those signs it was pissing me off. I, was I don't think my signs were translated either. I think that I think that might have been both of us on that one because I don't recall I seeing that subtext. Missing yeah. every, every sign just said, "Hey, you like my pizza?" Eh? <laughs> a spice pepper. Spice pepper. Are we going to get in trouble from Italians? Can Italians kick our ass? I don't think they can. Some of them can. I mean, I'm sure some of them can. My I uncle, know. my uncle Frank's an Italian. He's this big, hairy dude who, you know, uh, well, he's an Italian, so just like like fill in the blanks. But they don't listen. My uncle Frank doesn't listen to his podcast. Thank he's, God. Yeah, Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank, right? Um, good guy, but still, <laughs> still, still Italian. <laughs> so I don't. No. Speaking of it, Italians, let's give them some credit for the style of these movies. Because do all Italian movies look like this, or is this guy's style? Like I've seen some um, Antonioni movies, like The Passenger, uh, Zabriskie okay. Point. Uh, what's the other one? His big one, um, Blow Up. They all have that. They have that Art Deco thing going on, and they have this okay. sort of in Argento. Like I feel like there's a vibe. There's an Italian vibe. In there is definitely. Westerns, there's a hundred percent an Italian vibe. Yeah, it's that. Can we, is there any? Can we pinpoint it? Can you define the Italian? I vibe? feel like this is a question that would be good for Scott. Honestly, like I wish we could Help get Scott, out, to, Scott. To, to talk about Help this. But um, well, this guy's yeah. previous movie. I think you've probably we've. I think you've probably seen on TV at some point. He did uh, the tenth victim. That was his big movie, mm. which is basically it's, the, it's essentially the, it's a react. Think about this dude, how ahead of the game he was. So back in mid sixties, he does a movie about a reality show where you there's hunters and victims. And, oh, okay, okay. And you, um, if you survive being a victim, then you get to be a hunter. It's like a pre-purge thing where if you're all the violent people get to play it. They're saying, like, let's work mm-hmm. out your homicidal impulse, impulses. You can play this game. And if you kill, it's mm-hmm. called the 10th victim, because if you kill 10 people, you get a bunch of money and you retire. Mm-hmm. Hunger Games, with that added 
but with like that added layer. Uh, but anyway, he did. So this guy's so this his, guy's working. This guy's working with like some some deep. Like he's definitely a Freudian, right? Like he's definitely well, he's, working with these like impulses and ego and id. There's a lot of stuff, by the way, in this movie of people like going down, right? There's there's a lot of going up and going down. Um, yeah, but th- there's also, like a lot of I, stairs and spirals and things like that. It is, if I follow you, it is high-minded, like you're describing, but also I like that it talks about these the base uh, desires, too. Like, here's a guy who seems to be, he seems to have these high-minded reasons for murder. Like, he's, he's, up, to, he's up to something. He does it right. as, like, this, this social experiment, right? But in yeah. the end, but in the end, isn't he just jealous of the guy upstairs who's fucking his girlfriend? You know what I mean? Is it... Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kinda, one of yeah, those things. Yeah. It's one of those things where he's telling himself that it's the movie's telling itself. Is the movie pretending to be smarter than it is by? It's it has all these reasons, but isn't it just a jealous boyfriend story when it gets down to it? No, no, no. Because he wants that guy to fuck his girlfriend, right? Like that's does, does like, he though? Because when he screams at the fellow, his fellow cops at the end, he's, they're like, "Why did you do it?" And he's, "She made fun of me. <laughs> she made she made fun of the police." Mm-hmm. At that point, it, when it's not subtext anymore, is are we is are we just are we wasting our time on on the themes? Is it really just a story about some fucking asshole? Nah, Am I bro, making any sense? It, no, well, you are making sense, but if you stick to the Freudian reading, it's always the opposite. It can get frustrating uh, because it's just like, is everything the opposite? There's that meme of the two astronauts right now. Have you seen this meme? Uh, like, yeah, with, yeah. The, with the gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always well, it's been like, that way. It's like, it's like, <laughs> wait, wait, is everything always the opposite? It's like, always has been, you know? Uh, <laughs> but so when he's saying that, and he's like, she, I did it because she made fun of me. No, no, no. He, he liked that she was making fun of him, right? Like his, his killing her and then trying to set himself up was because he wanted more punishment. So he liked that the guy was fucking his girlfriend and he wanted to go even deeper into it and be completely stripped and removed of his power. He hates his power. Like deep down, he hates the power that he has and he's doing everything that he can to be, you know, a little baby worm. Who said, who in the movie said, no, that makes a lot of sense. Who said revolution is like syphilis? It's in your blood. He does. Yeah. So that, because I'm stuck on that. Mm-hmm. So he's to him that's that's this is he saying that you can't escape revolution and he's and he's having his own little minor revolution his own, his little minor exactly push, push back against the state like right. he can't help it he sexualizes revolution and he can't yep. help he has to oh that's a great conne- oh man that's a great connection like sexualizing it right like revolution as an STD and and right. so much in this movie is is about like the subversion of power through sex so. I think you, I think you fucking nailed it right there, dude. Like he is basically, he has the syphilis, right? He's he's doing his he own revolution, he's re- and yeah. he's and he's butting up against the same power structures that these revolutionaries are butting up against in opposite ways, right? Like whereas they'll get persecuted for you know uh, saying chants on the street and doing graffiti, he can't be persecuted like no matter what. And for somebody who's masochistic. And who wants nothing more than to just be like kind of he wants to be ruled over and Lord like he wants to be dominated, but he can't be dominated no matter what. Like he can't get out of it. So he yes, he is going through his own, you know, he has syphilis, right? Like he's he's, he's going fucking crazy and he can't get that. God, I love that reading, dude. That that's a good catch right there. 
right. Well, I feel pretty good about that. I just kind of backed into it. I just yeah. thought if I, if I said that line out loud enough, good things yeah. would happen. No, that's great. That's great. I think, I think you, I think you solved it. I think that's, I think that's good. Um, we solved that. We saw police brutality. We here. saw police. Well, bro. I mean, if you, if you, if you expound what this movie is saying to a lot of these cops, a lot of these cops, they want somebody to step on their balls. And like, let's do, and let's give it to them. Let's give it to them. Fuck let's it. Let's give it, give it to them. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was playing cop uh, the other day. I, I, I'm so ashamed of myself. So I have, I used to get cars towed that were parked in front of my driveway, but that doesn't happen anymore because we have a plague and no one goes anywhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, these kids are coming back to town for school. Um, some of them. Okay. And uh, they've been tearing ass down the street in their cars. Uh, but I have this situation at the end of my street. It's kind of like you've seen Blood Simple, Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. In Blood Simple, there's a great moment where after there's a fight on the lawn, the bad guy gets in his car and tears off. And then the uh, the two, the main couple are hugging each other. And the one guy says, he's going to feel real stupid when he gets to the dead end or something like that. Uh, and then you see the car has to come. You hear screeching tires. And then it has to go by again. <coughs> and it ruins his exit. Right. So, I'm at the, so I don't know if you remember, I'm in a cul-de-sac down here where there's a mm-hmm. dead end. But you can see the highway that everybody wants to get to just on the other end of the cul-de-sac. Okay. So, so cars will just fucking scream by my house. And that gives me plenty of time to put on my shoes, to hike up my sweats, and to go on outside and yell at them when they sheepishly come back down because they can't get out that way, right? Right. Um, so I thought to myself that I was, you know, being like the terror of the of the streets, uh, the, the the human the human speed speed bump by going out there like slow down. So I've been yelling at these cars for for about a week, and um, it just so happens one car goes by, it comes back. It was actually a couple in a Jeep, and they're coming back relatively slow past me, and I'm like, slow down! <laughs> and they immediately, you know, they're freaked out, like, what's going on? And I come back in all proud of myself, and Amy's like, she heard it from the other side of the house, and she's like, did you just yell YOLO? Like, what? <laughs> like, it sounded like somebody was out there going, YOLO! <laughs> what? Oh, no! Is they thought so- you said YOLO? Do they? Is that what everybody thinks I'm doing? They, my scary slow down voice is actually just some old weirdo. No, no. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. That's great. So well, I'm, I'm a terrible, it, I'm a terrible cop. I don't have the cop voice. And it's like, I, I run into that shit so much. Like where I, 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 I try to do like when I'm driving, I'll do like passive aggressive things to like punish people or whatever. And it just mm-hmm. like it just never works, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where it I'm like, oh, works. well, no, I'm, I'm going to pass you, and then I end up behind like a tractor trailer going 15 miles an hour, and I'm like, oh, nope, I'm I am in fact the one who's being owned right now. <laughs> like I, it is you who have ownership of yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think we can put this one to bed. This was a good yeah, episode. Man. This was a good one. I actually, um, I'm not going to talk about these movies, but I don't want to waste the time of making the list. So I'm just right. going to give – if people want to use it, I have a li- I made a list of movies that are what I consider good, bad cop movies. And it's, oh, a, pretty cool. ex- it's a pretty extensive list. So I'm just going to say if you want to check out any of these movies, I recommend all of them wholeheartedly. Cool. And you know, feel free to jump in if you have anything to say about them. But um, they're mostly in order of uh, Andy Garcia because I've been on an Andy Garcia kick. He plays good cops in a lot of bad cop type movies. 
So oh, okay. uh, mm-hmm. Black Rain, Jennifer Eight, Internal Affairs. That's that's some that's a trifecta of Andy Garcia amazingness and bad cop royalty in there. You got Richard mm-hmm. Gere. Richard Gere in Internal Affairs, one of the worst cops ever on film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas has a redemption story, but I think through today's lens, he's still pretty bad. Yeah, Black Rain still... has some. Black Rain has some really problematic uh, uh, racism sure in it too. Sure so. does. Sure does. But and and some people that you know have no um, eye for movies will say will think that that's somehow an endorsement of it. Even in mm-hmm. the 80s, Ridley Scott was saying he's bad at his job and he's right. a bad person. That's mm-hmm. why he has an arc. That way, that's why he has a redemption arc. You, you might have problems with that, but to say like the fact that he's using slurs at the beginning is somehow the movie's doing it. You know what I mean? Anyway, so right. that, that might not make any sense. Now, no, it makes uh, total sense. It's just like, I mean, I think people know where we stand on this kind of shit. You, you know what you I mean? You think by now, but I'm constantly explaining myself to mm-hmm. myself. Uh, the Big Easy, Dennis Quaid as a bad yep. cop in New yep. Orleans. Dragged Across Concrete is, Ooh, uh, is some fun. great – it's just two, two v- vaguely shitty cops. It, it's so mm-hmm. subtle that, again, people mistook it for endorsement of bad cop behavior. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's, it was clear to me that they were supposed to be kind of shitty people. Um, Insomnia, Al Pacino, and the original like uh, Dutch version or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Al Pacino doing a, a cop who uh, has got the scare quotes. Accidentally shoots his partner. We don't know. Mm-hmm. He uh, mm-hmm. probably did it to get out of his uh, internal affairs wrap. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Heat. Heat is full of cops, um, and Al Pacino again, not necessarily great at his job. Seems to have a. Um, Treats it. He's the cop that I think a lot of cops think they are, you know, with his, his, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta stay on the edge. It's where I gotta be. Right. On the right, edge. Like right. that kind of bullshit. Right. right. The movie it's, I'm never sh- quite sure whether that that's a problematic depiction of police where it's like, is it, is it endorsing it? Does it think Al Pacino's cool? Cause I think he's pretty hilarious goofy and the the memes seem to think he is too with the you got a great ass like she's got shit, a great ass yeah that's all a, that shit makes fun of him but i think mm-hmm. in the movie it's supposed to be he's supposed to be pretty amazing or whatever so i like that one training day of course training day i was uh, hoping you're gonna say training that was what up. i was gonna jump in with if, if you didn't he's a a great bad guy Not just i'd also i'd guy. also recommend i'd also recommend the the other ayers cop movies like uh end of watch and uh hard time like oh yeah okay they're yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're like christian bale and hard times it's it's kind of like training day but i actually think it does a really good job of uh it actually humanizes the uh bad cop better uh, than training day does um so i yeah. think in a lot in a lot of ways i think hard times is more successful than than training day but those are yeah i, I agree i will uh i'm eliminating them from the list because you just said them uh oh, they're, the french, they're on the list my bad one one of them was the french connection um gene hackman blatant racist throwing around slurs left and right shoots the guy in the back and they use mm-hmm. that picture on the poster um mm-hmm. a lot of people were like is this this is like dirty harry this is fascist and it's like <laughs> but it's clearly it's clearly taught it's like you don't depiction doesn't mean endorsement why mm-hmm. do we have to mm-hmm. say that mm-hmm. um, and and i think that this is going to prove it if, if nothing proves that that we walk the walk on that statement uh, has have i made it clear yet my opinion on police officers 
I, I think I think we spent about forty five minutes doing that. Yeah. So when I tell you that these are movies that are not endorsements of bad police behavior, but is full of bad police behavior, you can trust mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, bad Lieutenant, both versions. Both of them, are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Both versions are. Qual- I prefer the Harvey Ke- Harvey Keitel version because there's more of him whimpering like a dog and and mm-hmm. full frontal nudity. Sure. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Dirty Harry, of course. Come on, Dirty Harry. Yeah. Um, we've talked about Clint Eastwood before. The Departed. Uh, Departed has uh, a nice combo bad cop um, duality, and it's based on a a uh, it's a, a re- it's a remake, right? Of um, yeah, of, of Infernal Affairs. Infer- Infernal Affairs, yeah. Um, Rampart. That movie was that movie was uh, uh, Rios and I saw that in the theater when it came out, and that was one of the few moments. There have been others where uh, when Leo gets shot, we both uh-huh. like went like, "What the fuck!" Like it was <laughs> yeah. it was so out of left field. Like still one yeah. of the best movie surprises that I've that I've seen in, in it was in a the big theater. one. The yeah. girl, uh, the girl who, was in, who went to see that um, with me, she cried. Mm. He got shot. Yeah, I'm thinking. Think it did. His life is fucked anyway. You know, yeah. See, we're, yeah. they're not going to miss it. Uh, Rampart with Woody Harrelson. What a great bad cop he is in that. Yeah, I thought that movie. I thought that movie. So, so I have I have a story about Rampart with James um, Elroy. Um, I went to a James Elroy reading at Powell's in Portland, <laughs> and um, I was there with uh, Kazepis, and I was too kind of starstruck to go get my book signed. Well, he's uh, also uh, scary. He might attack you. <laughs> right. But but Kazepis went up to him and said, uh, I, I love Rampart. And Elroy signed his book. Uh, and he the inscription in it says, fuck Rampart. <laughs> See, those authors, you can't trust authors. You can't trust, you, you can't trust I thought Rampart was good. I thought it was good. Rampart is great. You've got Woody Harrelson playing a character they call Date Rape Dave. So yep. that's put that one right in the plus column mm-hmm. and there's a sequence where he forces his partner to eat the french fries that she ordered that's right. scarier than any you know shakedown or uh mm-hmm. you know abusing um a suspect because you mm-hmm. he's got that gross dad energy you know right right and and woody harrelson fucking nails it it's like when they, they speaking finally of realize um, that he was he could play these characters no they just they realized that woody harrelson was is a scary person he did. A, mm-hmm. He played. He was on Cheers. He did these comedies, and then one day Oliver Stone says, "You know, I see violence in you," and they put <laughs> him in, in, in Natural Born Killers, and he's scary when he wants to be scary. And apparently, yeah, he's just some. He's just some happy bongo playing naked hippie, but he's scary yeah. in a movie. He is. Also, uh, it, it might not be a bad cop movie per se, but on the same Elroy kick, I actually am one of the few people I know who really liked Street Kings. Um, Street Kings is on my list. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I would put I would put Street Kings on there. That's Keanu Reeves. They're getting uh-huh. some. They get a little bit of performance out of him, more than normal. It's uh-huh. pretty good. He plays a good dead-eyed cop. Um, mm-hmm. I got Colors. Uh, Colors is oh, Sean, good one. Yeah. Sean Penn is pa- uh, Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, because he. It's, uh, a, it's a it's a Richard Price uh, novel too that they're doing that off of. And, oh and yeah. Pri- Price Actually, is really I good. I never read that. I never yep. read that one. Um, he's great in that. He kind of learns to he he gets a bit of humanity by the end, but his um, but the Sean Penn does a great job of the young, uh, impetuous, shitty cop. Mm-hmm. Dark Dark Blue. 
I'm gonna. In, I'm gonna. I love dark blue, list. man. I love I, dark blue. I don't, it's great. I don't love it. I don't love it. It's got a weird. It's got a weird made for TV vibe to it. But it does. It does. But, but Kurt Russell's enough, so it, good in that motherfucker. He does. Like he, he has a performance for the ages as a bad cop. Mm-hmm. That if, if he was just something about that movie, I think it might be his partner too has like zero charisma. The, right. The guy who's hundred who percent. Yeah. Focuses yeah. on. Something, uh-huh. so, but I, it definitely has to be on the list because of Kurt Russell. Um, mm-hmm. Gone Baby Gone, Bad Cop, uh, Ed Harris, Memento, Bad Cop, uh, um, Joey Pants, Brooklyn's mm-hmm. Finest, we got the Bad Cop, Ethan Hawke, and Triple Nine, which is very similar to Brooklyn's Finest. Uh-huh. Triple Nine is a.k.a. the Broken River Books movie. That's right. Which was, uh, which was a crime movie that had these weird otherworldly trappings. Right? We've got bags full of teeth and weird. Mm-hmm. There's a weird. There's a weirdness mm-hmm. to that movie that we we were excited for that one coming out because we were it like, doesn't, oh, this yeah. this seems like us. It know? doesn't live up to the trailer, but it's still weird enough to be good. Um, yeah. Almost almost to the end of the list. We Narc Ray Liotta, great bad cop. Oh, oh Narc man. is Narc is yeah, good. so good actually. Like Narc has one of the best kind of like tense action endings to any of these movies that we're talking about. And the and the opening where he where he accidentally shoots a pregnant woman chasing a yeah. suspect. Yeah. But at the yeah, end that's... when it's when it's Jason Patrick and Ray Liotta and they're they're like they got this cat and mouse thing going on like that that shit was real good. Yeah, yeah. You like the so you like that the bread on that sandwich as well. So I do. Like I, the, <laughs> I like the you yeah. like the bookend. Uh, uh, Harvey Keitel. I like, and Cop I like Land them buns. Ray Liotta was good in Copland too. His redemption was a little heavy handed, but it should be noted because it's a whole town where bad cops have just like taken over. Mm-hmm. Um, the killer inside me has uh, the the younger. Oh Affleck wow. Has a, it's yeah, a real yeah. psycho. Like that's a serial yeah. killer movie, basically. Yeah. Um, this movie is terrible, but I'm going to put it on the list because of Matt Dillon's depiction of a bad cop. Cool. The 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 bad crash, as we call it, not the Cronenberg crash, but the shitty crash that won all the Oscars. Oh, oh, okay. I I for a second I I spaced that. I thought you said that the movie was called the bad crash, but it should have. It should be it's, called it's, the it's bad the crash, crash. It's the crash that is bad. That, that uh, is bad. That yeah. is the only actual bad bad cop movie but matt dillon nails the performance as a bad cop mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. whether that's accidental that's a that's a good example of it's clearly they're trying to say that he's a good person mm-hmm. and he's not right it's, it's one of those where if ever anything that you want any indictment of the rest of the list mm-hmm. apply it to the bad crash mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. touch mm-hmm. of evil we got orson wells uh, leon slash the professional you got gary uh, Gary, bring me everyone, Goldman. Oh, that's one of that. the that's one of the best villain performances yeah. of any movie ever. He's he's got he got memeified for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killer Killer Joe um, with uh, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah, has one of the funniest bad ca- bad cop lines where he's saying to somebody's beating somebody up and he says to her, "If you lie to me again, I'm going to cut off your face and wear it as my own." Now, do you want me to wear your face? <laughs> <laughs> it's such it's such a fucking great line the way he delivers uh, it. Um, and I guess we can stop there. I mean, True Detective, I would definitely put on the list as bad cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they're criminal cops. I got a couple of additions here. Um, um, yeah, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, filth. Excited. Oh shit! Yeah, got a, the cop with the tapeworm. Yeah, what's his name? Yep. The guy. Uh, 
Uh, James McAvoy. Yes, yes, that's a good yeah. one. Good, good catch. Uh, and it's even better. It's even better in book form. It's. Uh, have you read the book, Phil? Yes, I have. It's where the the the, the tapeworm, the tapeworm starts. Talks. The tapeworm yeah. talks over the other text. It's great. It's great. I'm um, I'm kind of I'm disappointed that they didn't do more with that in the movie. But yeah, it's definitely good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's. I said I had a couple. That's it. That's what I got. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I have that. That'll, one. that'll, yeah. that'll do. It. That was that'll, a big enough it'll permission. It'll do it. It'll do it. It'll do it. All right, man. But, uh, all right, cool. Well, that and that's, that's a wrap. A bit, so. uh, but before we put this to bed, I want to again plug um, my Twitter is at brbjdo. I also want to plug um, Stephen Graham Jones's new book, The Only Good Indians. Yeah, let's uh, review that next episode for sure. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm about uh, halfway through. I, I bought it yesterday. Or, I'm sorry, two days ago. Haven't been able to put it down. Um, but I'm also a slow reader, so I'm not done. Um, but it's great. And uh, yeah, we can have another Stephen Love Fest on the yeah, next do that. episode. Um, I guess I'll, I might as well plug something. If you want to um, check out Fish Bites Cop. There we go. Stories to Bash Authorities. It's a short story collection I have um, where everything is uh, bashing some sort of authority, mostly cops. If you read to the end, the last story is called Nine Cops Killed for a Goldfish Cracker, and it 100% delivers on that promise. So if you want to just vicious cop murder left and right. Uh, Fish Bites Cop, still available. I get like a nice... Three dollar royalty check every six months for that book. Buck yeah, dude. Help me, bu- help me boost it up to six. And uh, with that, I will say uh, this has been the almost a good a podcast. No, and, uh, that's spicy hey, this, it's a, it was a spicy app. <laughs> and that's it. All right. <laughs> yeah, like you want to you want to press stop on that record? Press that button. Yeah, man, that was a good one. That was a. I feel like I uh, I lost weight. It's good shit. <laughs> Some like you took shit. a big shit. Like you took a took big a, old dope. A big shit. Open the lid and there's a police officer. Yep. Whoa. Oh, wow. like <clears throat> Goddamn, dude. You burped so many times I smell a fucking uh, pineapple latte over here. What's going on? Hey, I got to tell you, man. Hey, listen up. Listen. Listen very closely. You can put pineapple <laughs> in the matcha. You can put pineapple in a bowl. You can eat it up. It's good for games. <laughs> But if I catch you putting pineapple on the pizza, <laughs> if I catch you putting the pineapple on the pizza.
Building the air 